Welcome to Implement This with Microsoft Business Solutions MVP Britta Rexted and co-host Matthew C. Anderson, where we have an insider's discussion around the things we consider when implementing Dynamics 365. In today's episode, sponsored by Kingsway Soft, Britta and I talk about roll-up fields in Dynamics 365 and model-driven power apps. Kingsway Soft is a leading integration solution provider offering software solutions that make data integration affordable and painlessly easy. Thousands of enterprise clients from over 70 countries and regions rely on Kingsway Soft to integrate data with various business systems in order to drive their business efficiency and fully leverage their information assets. Kingsway Soft is a leading provider of Microsoft Dynamics integration software, including Dynamics 365, CRM, AX, NAV, GPSL, as well as many other applications. Check out their version 6 release of the SSIS prod featuring seven new components, including support for Azure Blob Storage, Google Sheets, and a new data profiler transformation component. We thank Kingsway Soft for their sponsorship, and now, on with the show. And now we're back with another episode of Implement This. Hi, Britta. How are you? Doing great, Matt. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm glad to be sitting here recording once again. Yes. So, but it is another one of those days where I get really excited when we're sitting down to record. Do you know why? Why? Another listener question. Yes. This one, yes. This one comes from listener Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Um, and this is around creating relationships and lookup fields. The question is, I've noticed that some consultants will create a relationship in the new one-to-end or end-to-one relationship area. The lookup field will be something ID, ID contact, contacted. I've also noticed that some consultants will create a relationship by adding a lookup field, and then it won't put ID at the end of the field name. As a simple person, I get confused by lookups that are not something ID. What do you two think? I can't think I've heard this discussed on the podcast. Well, Andrew, let's start off by saying you are correct. We have not discussed this yes, one on the podcast. Yes, we have not. But we love listener questions, so thank you. Keep Ab- coming. Absolutely. And we did a little bit of just chit-chat pre-show, and it sounds like Britta and I definitely have different backgrounds on this one. So yes. it's probably good to chat about. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I will start by saying that I am actually very picky about the naming of fields in general, but specifically around creating relationship fields in Dynamics. I am a, a bit, I take a very hard line, and anybody who's been on a team of mine has heard me just evangelize a very specific way to do this. So, Britta, what is your general approach? So now I feel a little busted because I used to work for you and I don't remember doing them right, so <laughs> I probably did them wrong. Sorry, Matt. Um, <laughs> I, I learned CRM on my own back in the day, and no one ever told me there was a right way to do it. And then since then, I've been a consulting chameleon where I just blend into whatever culture, mm-hmm. whatever partner I'm working for at the time. And so... Um, I I try to figure out if there is a naming convention, and I follow that. But I definitely have not come up with one of my own. Probably should, but haven't. Yeah. Done that. So, so what was the one that I got wrong when I worked for you? That oh, I didn't I, do? You're, yeah, you're getting called out in front of hundreds of listeners. Oh, here. yes, busted. <laughs> but no. So the the first and foremost thing is I always press people to create relationships through the entity configuration screen, okay. not in the form designer. And specifically doing it in those N to one or one to N fields, and there's a couple of reasons why that that should be done, or I, I prefer to have it done that way. One is you do have total control over the naming of the field and what the relationship name is going to be. We'll come back to a couple of the the things on naming here in a second. But the other part is in 
previous versions of Dynamics, there were little gremlins about things that would work just a smidge differently when you would create them from the form designer itself. Hmm. So I found that I ran into fewer of those little gremlins along the way if I had would always go through the one to n or n to one uh, field field or relationship creator in the configuration window, whether that's in you know customize the system or in a in an individual solution. Okay, interesting. So, what kind of bugs did you run into? So it was around little uh, little things of when it would get added into navigation on the related entity and having problems of with that on the form. It would just get weird. Hmm, interesting. Um, so and and when you think through kind of the naming of a field and the the placement of that within the navigation, I think that's always something that you should be considering when you're designing a system is like, okay, not just what is this lookup field, but as someone is looking at the parent field for that parent-child relationship, what should we be calling it? Because if you have, say, multiple one-to-many relationships between account and opportunity is a very good example. If you're working in like a, a model where you're tracking a a reseller partner along with an opportunity, that's typically another lookup from opportunity to account. And it makes sense you just name the field that you're looking up the partner in that case or reseller or whatever nomenclature you want to have there. But on the other side of that is it's on the account and you have account and opportunity on the other side of it. And you now have two different child relationships that are looking to opportunity. And how do you tell the difference between those two? And by going through and creating it from the the configuration window, the solution designer, that side of it, all of those fields are kind of immediately exposed to you. Whereas if you are using the kind of the form designer, you just give it a name and it's really quick and easy and boom, you've got your field that you can drag and drop out onto the onto the form. Hmm. Interesting. I, I'm I'm slightly embarrassed to say I haven't thought of it that way. <laughs> it's a good point. I do spend a lot of time there. I'm, I'm, I make a big deal out of cascade rules. I think people do not pay enough attention mm-hmm. to their cascade rules. And uh, as someone who does a lot of rescues, I get surprised how many calls I get about that. They don't know that they're calling about cascade rules, but mm. they're calling about cascade rules. Yeah. And so that can cause a lot of issues. And then also mapping, I think, is a great thing from the relationship yes, too. Can yes, yes. Save yourself so much time. Um, I'm a huge fan of workflows, but there's a lot of workflows that should have just been mapped in the relationship. Yeah. They should have just gone to the mapping tab there and updated that. They don't need a workflow to run behind and populate all of these fields. After yeah, that. 100%. I believe we talked about the setting up those relationships map relationship maps between entities in a previous episode. Assuming that is a correct uh, memory or recollection that I have, we can link to that in the show notes. It sounds good. Uh, for anybody yeah, yeah, interested I think, there. Yeah, I think we did, we did talk about that. But yeah, I mean, that's just another one of the places where the actual relationship designer there rather than creating it as just a lookup field from the form designer steps you through some of those places that are otherwise very easy to not think about or you know, not not care about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this, oh, go ahead. I was thinking about the um, that, that makes sense what you're talking about for major entities, things you think about all the time, like accounts and opportunities and contacts and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I find a lot of what I'm building lookup fields for 
in an implementation is what I would call operational data. Mm-hmm. So that is where we have, it's we kind of need an option set, but we really need a lot of security control or other things going on. And so yeah. instead of using you know, a pick list of sorts, we have this child entity. And so that gets a little messier in thinking about this kind of thing because you're not usually on that child entity looking at all of its relationships mm-hmm. or other things. Um, and so I'm curious as I'm thinking about our listener question about having the phrase ID in the name, where you fall on hardline naming conventions. Yeah. So a couple of things in there. So first off, for uh, I, I like to have standardized naming for a few t- specific types of fields in Dynamics. Others I can be a little bit more flexible with. So ID is when you look at out-of-the-box dynamics, whenever there's an out-of-the-box relationship that it has, they have at the end of the, the lookup field, they have ID on the end. And I, I try to abide by that same standard. And if for no other reason than to think about the person who is going to end up building a report and at some point having to figure out which field to go pull in, and knowing that uh, whether you're building a report or whether you are uh, perhaps a developer doing some sort of code, you have to treat lookup fields differently when you're interacting with them that way. So even though I'm not personally a developer, in the spirit of being able to play nice with the developers of the world. Always a good idea. Yeah, always a good idea. I don't want George Davinsky calling me up to yell at me. No, uh, never. I'm sure he's called me out on plenty of podcasts before. But <laughs> no, um, so... Being able to play nice in that way and just know that that is a a bit of a standard that Microsoft uses when they are naming things, following that standard is very straightforward and easy to do. Uh, Similarly, as far as other field types, the... Another standard that Microsoft typically uses is whenever they have an option set or pick list that they've created, they use the word code at the end of the name of that field. So a lookup ends with ID, an option set ends with code. My personal thing, though I didn't actually check this anywhere, is when we started getting multi-selects, I've uh, ended them with codes instead of code. interesting. Because it could be multiple codes, it seemed to make sense to me. I thought about code M for a while, because code multi-select, but codes just seem so much more... (laughs) I like that. That's subtle. And when we're talking about names, we don't necessarily mean that the display name needs to have code or ID in it. And actually, in a lot of cases, that wouldn't make sense. What we're talking about is... um, It's referred to just as the name field, but that's the one you can't put spaces in. Yeah. Yeah, um, Think about the one that once you make that field that's locked in forever... Um, something I talk to my students about a lot. Once you, when you're making fields, that's one of the only things you can't go back later and change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're a terrible speller, uh, copy paste is your friend because <laughs> um, that's just there forever. But um, yeah, having having those cues can be really helpful to your team and even helpful to your customers. So it's a yeah. good idea to have those standardized endings to things. Yeah, and so a, a couple other things getting to the the naming of this. I mean, we've talked in previous episodes around using solutions and part of a solution is having a common prefix to any field or relationship that you're creating. I mean, when you create something through a solution, you have whatever prefix letters are going to be at the front end of that instead of the telltale sign that you just configured through the base solution where it says new underscore at the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm doing my own stuff, it's MCA underscore, you know, usually like a, a client, something that is specific to a client name, or if it's an ISV product, it'll have the ISV kind of 
short version of their name at the front end of it. Whatever those things are really do help to kind of keep it straight what's out there. But when you're creating through the form designer, you if you've created if you're creating that just by hitting the form designer from the record itself rather than through the solution, you have that problem where you're not actually creating it with the solution specific prefix mm-hmm. unless you have that solution specific prefix as your default publisher prefix, which not a lot of people have necessarily done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one one more reason kind of driving back to if you're looking at the actual field and relationship or uh, lookup field relationship type, either, you know, from the one to many side or the many to one side as you're creating that, you can physically see what that prefix is going to be, not only for the field itself, but also for the relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's another one of those things where if you have relationships that are looking up from a custom entity to a custom entity, it could say the name of the relationship is MCA underscore MCA underscore name of the first entity underscore MCA underscore name of the second entity. And that becomes the name of the relationship, which is just really gross. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And especially getting back to the comment around whether it's developer or somebody writing a report, trying to parse through that information, even looking at it from power BI and having name fields in there. That's not very, helpful in understanding what is the nature of this relationship. So when mm-hmm. you're creating it, you can be much more descriptive and specific about what is the nature of this relationship. So if you're creating that that partner field on an opportunity that looks up to account, you can name it in the relationship that it is the partner account relationship rather than just you know, underscore, uh, you know, MCA underscore opportunity underscore account. Mm -hmm. So it just, it gives you that uh, little bit of visibility. And then when you go back to do documentation later on, and of course we've talked about documentation in other episodes as well and how important that is, it makes it much more cohesive. Mm -hmm. And I like that. Yeah, that seems good. So I'm curious, since you create your relationships that way. Mm-hmm. Do you make your fields from the form designer or do you make those from the fields area in the solution? So those I am less picky about. I will often make them from the form designer, especially since I've been in pre-sales roles a lot as well and I just kind of fall into that habit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I am working with a team or if I'm, you know, kind of truly a, a, you know acting as consultant or solution architect, I want to drive everything back to... You know, not not using the form designer, but rather using the um, using like the solution window. And hey, if that uh, as as the platform kind of grows and develops, my stance on that may change right now. But as as we're creating things using solutions and packaging them up, kind of moving between environments, just it, there is so much less chance for trouble if we create them from the from the fields list as part of an entity in that configuration window. Hmm. Interesting. I actually do do it from the form designer, although I always go through the solution to get to. Mm-hmm. So I make sure I'm in the right solution and have the right prefixes and all that. But um, I maybe I'm just a little more scatterbrained than you are. I, um, <laughs> I like having the context of the form. I like being thinking about the user experience that helps if I um, – don't have the luxury of a data dictionary to work off of or something mm-hmm. that's dictated what everything's going to be, uh, especially if I'm working with a client. 
because sometimes I'll have someone watching my screen and we'll be doing it together really collaboratively. I feel like that can be an easier way to really imagine what the experience will end up being. Um, and then go in and do those formatting things right away. You know, yeah. change your two option fields being a checkbox or whatever it is you got to remember to do. Yes. Um, so so that, that's my habit. But once again, I mean, my habit grew. I, I was just a child without a babysitter when I learned. <laughs> so like I there are a lot of things that are probably not the best practice way to do it. You need to pick those up over time. Yeah. Well, are there any things that you do that you do consider a best practice of your own? Because obviously you have some things you do consistently again and again. Anything kind of worth sharing in the, the vein of you know, whether it's naming convention, where you're creating things from, or just like ways to save time or effort throughout? Huh, great question. I um, uh, Huge time saver is global option sets. That mm-hmm. one will get you every time. That, that one's always frustrating to get that one wrong. Uh, like I already mentioned, uh, cascade rules on relationships are really important to me. Usually when I'm building a relationship, I'm thinking about what I can do in a workflow and what I can't. And that is what drives a lot of what the relationship looks like. If I need to make a manual many to many to get there, um, mm-hmm. what security is going to be and all of those implications. And so when I'm building these types of fields, that's usually where my head is at. I'm not as much on the reporting side of things, I'm usually on the automation side. So I'm thinking about, can I get there in a roll-up field? Am I going to mm-hmm. be able to make this work in a workflow? Where are my child records going to fall? Uh, that kind of thing. Um, something to keep in mind that we uh, bumped into a couple weeks ago on mm. a project. Um, when you're using this operational data, uh, the name and the name is kind of a bummer. We have this required name field on all of our custom records. But you do actually really care about that because you're locked down in how you can control the lookup view, what shows up when you go mm-hmm. to pick that child. And so um, as much as your operational data may be fairly uh, intense, metadata, not really human readable, all of that, make mm-hmm. sure you still have a pretty name and everything on it because uh, you're going to get into issues really fast. If you have like a serial number in the name field, it's going to look really ugly when yeah. you go to hack it. And you actually are surprisingly limited in what you can, you can control what shows up in the lookup field, but you have to use that name. Yeah. And so, um, that that's kind of my most recent just reminder yeah. on creating these lookup relationships. So that, that, that reminds me of, uh, another thing that I do and it does come to naming and it's a, another specific procedural thing <laughs> that I've kind of adopted over time. And that is, Whenever I am creating a new entity, being very specific at the time that I'm first creating it, what is the label of that primary field going to be? So it it needs Mm -hmm. to be a text field in that way because it's going to be part of every record. It's the hyperlinked text that shows up when you have it in a related field. But at the time that you're first creating it, you can hit the other little tab in the, the creation window to change the name of it and also change the requirement level for mm-hmm. it, which gets a little bit dangerous because if you don't have it required, you can have a bunch of blank data. So when you're trying to look up, it really doesn't make sense because there's no thing listed as far as the hyperlink. But you, you can do that. So what I like to do is be thoughtful of what the primary field is going to be. Mm-hmm. And if there's something that makes sense that someone's going to fill out anyway, use that as the primary field and something they're going to be able to recognize. Whereas I'd say early on as I was working with the platform, I would just take the default name field mm-hmm. and I'd end up using something like workflow to fill in. And sometimes I'd fill in the exact text from another field mm-hmm. to that name field because I wanted to have it 
somewhere else in a field that wasn't called name behind the scenes and mm-hmm. you know wasn't set as business required at the time but again just kind of th- that was a lesson learned along the journey that has definitely made me appreciate like when I'm creating that new entity let's let's think through it before I just hit the okay save and create button mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I still use workflows to populate that name field fairly often, not in uh, the major record types because those sure. those usually should have an obvious name. You know, there should be something to call your opportunity. Your contact should be a person. You know, mm-hmm. things like that. But in a lot of other types of records, I find that's the fastest place users can get really exasperated. Is what am I supposed to name an address? Right. Or like you have some kind of record <laughs> that is not intuitive to them as having a name, and so. I may have these child records where I map a lot of the data anyway for them. They're just filling in the couple pieces that they have. I don't want the user to get frustrated and try to think of a name for a prescription or a name for something mm-hmm. else that wouldn't occur to them usually. Or the thing that would occur to them would make rampant duplicates in the system. Sure. <laughs> so then I end up, I do end up using some kind of automation to populate that. Mm-hmm. But I agree, if you can think through it at the time that you're creating it and have that t- intentionality, naming it something other than name is probably, probably makes sense. Yeah. So one last thing on this this part of the topic, and I think I've probably exhausted it at that point, but you'd made a comment before about kind of reference data as part of lookups, and oftentimes that's going to be a custom entity for that one. That's one where I definitely relax a little bit more on kind of what the, the label of that field is going to be, but I will go back in and make sure that as the the logical name that people see, you know, when they when they hit that lookup and that that's the column that has the hyperlink. It's the, the primary field that they're, they're kind of picking from. I want the label at the top of that to be more descriptive. It's really easy to leave it as name because it's the name of that record. Mm-hmm. But if you are looking up, you know, territory is a bad example, but I'll say maybe you're using a custom territory field, just call that territory. I mean, if it's the territory name, call it territory name if you really want to keep name in there mm-hmm. or just call it territory, but don't just leave it as name because that to an average user, it's like, well, that's, that's not a name. That, that's mm-hmm. the territory. Yeah. And it's just those little incongruous things add up for a user and like, oh, I guess I just have to remember that name is really territory. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you can, you can do that amount of help for them. Yeah. And you don't want to ever have something that they have to remember doesn't matter. Right. Uh, bad user adoption. So make sure everything matters or do it for them. That's the beauty of automation. Absolutely. So anything else before we kind of wrap up on, on this item? Uh, no, no, I think, I think we're good. All right. Well, fantastic. Andrew, thank you for listening and thank you for sending in the question. I hope this has been uh, interesting for you and for everybody else who didn't send in the question. Feel free to send in your own and, and uh, have us weigh in on kind of what, what we consider as we look at implementing that type of thing. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you. You've been listening to Implement This with Britta Rexted and Matthew C. Anderson. Do you have a business problem you'd like us to discuss on the show? Reach us through our website, implementthis.org, where you can also subscribe to the podcast. We're on Twitter, too. Britta is at MacGyverCRM, and I'm at MC Anderson. Thanks so much for listening.